Welcome back to the Hockey House Pod, episode 87, presented by OptumX Sports. I'm your host, Mackenzie Murphy, as we bring you the latest news from around the ACHA and the CHF. Just me and Collins in the booth today. Uh, Herm is out with work. Glick has practice. Fitz is still fighting the Wi-Fi in Binghamton, so he's going to take the night off. Crazy weekend in the ACHA. Collins, I'll give you the chance to kind of talk about your weekend first, because pretty eventful one for the Wildcats. Yeah, it was a, it was a big weekend for the Wildcats. Determining how good we were this year was going to be defined by this week where we just went out to play now number 21 ranked IUP first game 6-4 it was just back and forth the entire game a lot of scraps ended up tied 4-4 then they got two so solid showing there not the result we wanted um, but came back the next day guys were fired up and uh, really wanted to to show what what we're capable of and came out with a big 5-1 upset win shout out to uh, Joe Erskine he took a puck to the face on a uh, block shot had a big pressure cut was bleeding everywhere <laughs> And then proceeded to rub the blood all over his face, make it eye black, went out on his next shift and scored. And I think that was the most nails thing I've ever seen. Update on him. EMT said he was going to need a couple zips, but he just decided, no, I'm not going to get any. So he's still got this just big ass, not opened wound, but like, you know, big wound on his forehead. Not going to get it closed. But yeah, it was it was a fun weekend. Got to take some pretty cool pictures. Um, Yeah. How about you, Murph? How was your weekend? You know, it, it was good. We didn't get the results we wanted to, but we had two back and forth games with Robert Morris. They're a pretty good team. They have a really good top line with Roman Kramer, who who ended up on Sports Center with his goal against Kent State earlier in the year. And Justin Adamski, he's, he's pretty tough to to navigate on the ice, too. So I was kind of the, the guy tasked with chasing those guys around all weekend. And uh, we did our best to match lines. A couple of transition goals, goals to start the periods really, really hurt us this weekend. And, uh, you know, had a lead against them in the third period on Friday night and weren't able to hold on. And they ended up winning in regulation. But then, you know, Saturday, turn the page, got to play downtown at the War Memorial at Upstate Medical University Arena, uh, which was huge. It was just a blast. Back and forth hockey game. We were never able to get the lead. And then uh, they made it a two goal game at the start of the third. We scored the next shift. Couldn't get anything going. Had a couple power plays late in the game and just couldn't bury our chances. Mackey was their goalie. Played the second night and he, he made some terrific saves in that third period. So I want to give him a shout out. But I mean, it, it's tough. I mean, it was really competitive, but I do want to give the guys at Robert Morris a shout out. Like, you know, they were just good guys to play hockey against. They played the game the right way back and forth action i think both teams pushing each other to the limit and, and those are always fun and, and when both teams kind of keep it clean like that it, it's a good weekend for hockey and i want to give them a shout out because they're pretty fired up for the event you know to play on that kind of stage too and i want to give them a shout out because they're having their charity game this weekend against mercyhurst but they're wearing the ronald mcdonald style jerseys for the games this weekend i believe Malkin is going to be in attendance to drop the puck and the, the university president as well. So should be a really fun event for those guys. And I, I think we're going to try to get them on the pod here to kind of talk thing, all things Robert Morris hockey. But did want to start and, and, and kind of give an update on, on Josh Fricks. I don't know if the people listening were able to follow along on social media, but there was a scary moment in Friday night's top five matchup between Liberty and UNLV at the LaHaye Ice Center in Lynchburg. Early in the first period, uh, Liberty forward Josh Fricks suffered a serious injury after landing a check on a UNLV player. Medical staff reacted quickly and brought out the headboard and Josh was transferred to nearby Lynchburg General Hospital. Following along with the story, doctors quickly realized that he needed a neurosurgeon and he was transported by helicopter 
about 18 minutes to Roanoke Memorial Hospital. He had surgery early Saturday morning. The Liberty Hockey Twitter account posted a video on Saturday afternoon. It was Josh himself, uh, you know, in the hospital bed. And he said, hey, Flames Nation, Josh Fricks here in Ray 83. Super thankful for all the support and prayers. Doing better. Broke two places in my neck. I got a little movement on my left arm. Right side is all good. Let's go get a dub tonight. Later that night, uh, you know, Liberty and UNLV faced off at midnight. But before the game, Josh's father actually gave an update on Josh prior to the game. Led the arena in the opening prayer before puck drop with both teams around center ice. This week, the, the boys, I, I've been following on, on social media. If you follow Joshy's journey, it's his fiance actually, who's kind of running the social media account, giving updates. I want to say that that, that account's almost reached 3,000 followers at this point, but classy move to, I, I saw they, they canceled the games this weekend between Stony Brook and Liberty so that the Liberty boys can get some more time with Josh and kind of hang out. I can't even imagine what they're going through when when I saw the social media posts that, you know, keep Josh Fricks and, and your thoughts and prayers, um, you know, with, with all the injuries going on in sports lately, I think it's it's scary when stuff like that happens and watching the video of the clip, he throws a hit and just lands awkwardly right on top of his neck, all, all of his weight on there and definitely a scary situation. But watching the replay on ESPN Plus and to see the attention by the medical staff to get out there right away, they had the headboard ready and I'm sure that that saved, you know, the injuries from being worse than they were. But Collins, I know growing up... Injuries like this happen, you know, rarely in hockey, but when they do happen, they can be pretty serious. Yeah, it's it's pretty unlucky that that's the way it happened. We give Liberty a tough time sometimes, and I think it's all out of good fun. We ne- we never we don't like hate Liberty. I think it was absolutely amazing to see Josh Fricks's dad lead the entire stadium in prayer. I think that's one of the the really cool things about about Liberty. Uh, you wouldn't see that at an NHL game or, or anywhere else. And I thought that was absolutely amazing. Seemed very fitting, I think is kind of what you're looking for. You know, I know it could have happened anywhere, but with it happening at Liberty and, you know, keep everyone in the hockey community keeping thoughts and prayers for Josh right now at this difficult time for the, him and his family. But like you mentioned, I mean, not only that, but you could just tell, I mean, midnight game, you know, it probably meant a lot for his dad to get out there and lead the the arena in prayer. And I can can only imagine he was running on limited hours of sleep in that time period, given everything his family's gone through. So we just wanted to kind of give an update. Like I said, if, if you want to follow along for more updates, be sure to follow Liberty Hockey on uh, Twitter and Instagram. And then also on Instagram, you can find Joshy's journey to keep kind of the updates going. Really glad that they canceled those games against Stony Brook this weekend. And I know the Stony Brook guys are probably looking forward to that, but uh, sometimes there's just bigger things than hockey, and we wanted to extend uh, our thoughts and prayers from the Hockey House pod to Josh and his family, like we mentioned, during this difficult time. But we did have some rankings, some notable rank- rankings worth mentioning to to start off the show here. Uh, Minot State remains undefeated in ACHA Division One play. They stay at number one this week. Adrian at two, and UNLV bumps up to number three. Not much moving in the polls this time of year. We, we kind of hinted at it earlier in the year. It's almost more entertaining at the start of the season when there's crazy jumps in the polls when teams wins and teams lose. Now it just seems like it's just a little bit of shuffling in the top 20. A little bit on the, the women's side too, but huge news in, in women's ACHA hockey. Liberty remains number one in the ACHA polls. On the women's side, despite losing their first game in 57 games. McKendry jumped up two spots to number seven after a 4-3 overtime win over the Flames. Huge win for the McKendry Bearcats women's hockey program. Uh, I believe it is the first time they've ever beaten Liberty in program history. Like we mentioned, first time anyone has been able to defeat the Flames in 57 games. A truly impressive streak for the Liberty women. Collins, I had to go look up what are some of the top streaks in in college sports. And I was actually able to find Minnesota women's hockey team from 2012 to 2013 uh, had 62 
straight wins. So the Liberty Lady Flames had 57. I mean, heck of an effort from them. I'm probably probably not playing as many games in this in the last couple of years because of the pandemic and everything that's gone on. Uh, wanted to give a huge shout out to the McKendry women for for pulling off the victory. And uh, also, I think the Liberty Flames have have nothing to be ashamed of with a streak like that coming to an end. Do you know if that is is that just regular season games or is that playoff games too and like national championship games liberty i that is including postseason too yeah you, you go back that you know repeat national champions three in a row and then minus the one year where we, there was no national championship and then they won the one before that too so i mean they've probably only lost a handful of games in the past five years but you know this current streak came to an end over the weekend but honestly crazy to think about playing that much hockey and, and not losing a single game yeah that's that's wild i can imagine now Minot on the men's side is potentially looking to go for that. Go for 57, maybe 58. All right, we'll get to some talking points. Very eventful week in the ACHA and the CHF. Oregon, oh, first off, not just Oregon, but we're going to talk about some outdoor games here. The Oregon Ducks were able to host a home game in Bend, Oregon this weekend, taking on Utah. They defeated them in almost in front of a thousand fans outdoors at the barn in Bend, Oregon, which is a great sight to see. I know they did this last year and it's an able a way for them to kind of build the community around the state of Oregon. I know they're really pushing to, to grow the, the game out there. JCU announced today, John Carroll, that they will be taking on Canisius at First Energy Stadium in Cleveland on February 17th at 730. Uh, this game is going to take place a day before Ohio State and Michigan face off at the face off on the lake. Uh, in some Division One action, which will be really cool to see. Some ACHA teams playing in an NFL stadium. Keeping with the football theme, after years of waiting, NC State and UNC are finally going to get to take things outdoors. The two teams will meet for the fifth and final time this season on Monday, February 20th. The Hurricanes will host the Capitals on Saturday, February 18th, as part of the NHL Stadium Series. But Carolina was supposed to get host an outdoor game uh, a couple years back, but that was canceled due to the pandemic. They were able to get one this year, and uh, we'll break down that event and more during our interview. But big news, Herm is making the trip out to Raleigh for the event. Uh, he booked his flight the other day, so we'll get his reaction on that next week. Really cool to see these outdoor ACHA games happening. Collins, you were able to suit up in one a couple weeks ago. Uh, how cool is it to see these teams getting the same opportunity? Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Tip for the goalies out there. Depending on what the backdrop looks like, if you have a dark backdrop, good luck tracking the puck if it goes above the boards. That was one of the, the issues I think we all had. Um, all six goalies that played in that game, both Lehigh and Villanova. Keep your heads up for that. Kind of bummed that I don't get to go. I wish I wish I didn't have a game because I've missed every single opportunity I've had to go see the Caps play outdoors. Lucky for Herm. Yeah, it should be a really cool experience. Hopefully Herm gets to take some uh, some really cool pictures and uh, get some uh, some great content out. Bummed I won't be able to make the trip. That's because I got to save room in my schedule for when uh, we make the trip out to Nationals this year. So we're very excited to do that again. Spoke with the ACHA this week, so we're pumped and fired up to get to go back to Nationals and cover that event for the Hockey Us pod. And we'll kind of break that down a little bit more as we get closer to the event. In our game of the week this week, Kentucky took care of business at home and on the road early on Saturday morning with the you know Friday night puck drop at midnight. Early Saturday morning, the Cats jumped out to a 5 nothing lead in the first period and did not look back. 7-2 to win at the Lexington Ice Center. That place was rocking. Uh, then they went to Iceland Sports Complex in Louisville, took care of business against the Card- took care of business against the Cardinals in front of Jack Harlow, which I'm not sure if you saw that clip. Pretty cool to see a celeb like that taking in ACHA hockey. All in all, a really good weekend for Kentucky. I know we talked leading into the pregame about this one, but I think the last couple of years they get a lot of the attention and, and sometimes 
Louisville takes advantage of that and kind of flies under the radar and, and usually handles the cats, but the cats took care of business and brought home some hardware this weekend for it. Uh, speaking of taking care of business, though, we want to make sure you take care of business this summer. Working at a camp will be one of the best jobs you'll ever have. We're not just saying that. We really mean it. Every summer, thousands of children from all over the country go to camp for a summer of fun, growth, and friendship, but camps are not just invested in their campers. They're also invested in their staff and provide opportunities for staff members to learn grow and thrive camp jobs are from mid-june to mid-august and dates vary based on location food housing and travel stipend comprehensive staff training and days off are all included as part of the compensation package and brent from great camp jobs connects college students seeking summer jobs and paid internships with unique opportunities to work at some of the best overnight camps in the united states with 15 locations across the united states great camp jobs places over a thousand college students in seasonal positions each summer camp groups camps are among the best summer camps in the united states to learn more head to greatcampjobs.com com and be sure to get in touch with Brent. In other news, USF swept the war on I-4. South Florida gets a huge sweep over in-state rival UCF. Huge weekend for Central Michigan. They had a big upset win over Missouri State, the showcase in Miami, but not a bigger weekend than the boys at Grand Valley State. They also had an upset win over Missouri State, also had wins over number four, Arkansas as well. Three wins on the weekend for the Lakers. Huge momentum swing for those guys. They were at Nationals last year, and they're definitely trying to make another run this year so wanted to give them a shout out herm's not here to give them a shout out but we want to give the guys at berg puck some love psu harrisburg with a huge sweep over liberty this weekend cam Moore with a highlight real goal they weren't the only team to get a big sweep grand canyon the boys at gcu with a huge sweep over arizona state it's actually the second time in a row the lopes have taken care of business over their in-state rivals. Another big win for DePaul this weekend. They beat Marion for the first time in program history by a final score of 7-4. to Want to give out some hockey house bumps. The boys at Keene State are now 5-0 and against top four teams in the Northeast region after an overtime win over Northeastern. And then our guy George Zimmer, former guest of the show from Cincinnati, scored the shootout winner to lead the Bearcats to a huge victory over Miami. Uh, And we'll get to kind of them in a little bit here with the game of the week stuff. Really cool to see guys doing well that are friends of the pod and uh, wishing them nothing but the best of luck. And like I mentioned, some interesting games of the week this week, but we'll get to that in the second half of the show. Wanted to give some stick taps uh, this week to the medical staff. As we mentioned, uh, you know, the staff at Liberty was able to get on the ice so quickly to get Josh Fricks treated. There was also some fast acting medical staff at TCNJ in the Lawrenceville school who quickly responded when Oswego State equipment manager Quinn Riley needed medical assistance Oswego was ahead two to nothing in the third period when that game concluded definitely something you need to have at this level of hockey and I know it can be interesting as soon run programs make sure you have a trainer make sure you have medical staff on hand because you never know when a situation like this is going to happen but thankfully this weekend we had a lot of people in the right places at the right time to make sure athletes are getting the the care that they need and even sometimes the the staff too like Quinn Riley, who's an equipment manager at Oswego State. I think it's time we, we get to our interview for this week. As always, it's brought to you by Optimex Sports. Optimex Sports provides teams the opportunity to build and manage their own website. Best part is your first year is free, so be sure to check them out using the link in our bio. And if you're interested in signing up, be sure to use our referral link at optimexsports.com slash sign up slash hockey house pod. Really excited with, for Optimex Sports. They've been partnering with club lacrosse teams as well as club hockey teams now so really branching out and they're awesome to work with if you need anything feel free to send us a dm send them a dm like we mentioned they're really easy to work with they understand club hockey and the acha and chf and they're here to make your life easier when it comes to managing your team's website so without further ado we'll turn over to this week's guest we had two of the guys from unc on henry foster and wills kendrick holmes came on to talk about everything that's going on with carolina hockey and the new exciting news around playing an outdoor game against in-state rival nc state we'll turn it over to the boys now 
We're pleased to be joined by two members of the North Carolina Tar Heels, Henry Foster and Wills Kendrick Holmes. Boys, welcome to the Hockey House Pod. Thanks for having us. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Thanks. Yeah, pumped to have you guys on. A lot of uh, UNC hockey talk lately in the news. Uh, it must be a pretty exciting time to be a part of the program. It was pretty cool going viral there. Still pretty much going viral right now. Getting on the NHL site, getting on Chicklets, getting on Hey Barber. Uh, all thanks to Mr. Hollywood himself, Fatty O'Shaughnessy. Got a beauty for us. It was fun. Kind of had that on my, my notes to talk about. Kind of walk us through that game. I mean, you guys saw it in person. Did you think that this clip was going to go as viral as it has? To start the season, we invested a lot in uh, some camera gear and we brought on Jay Ben who's our uh, media guy and he's been coming to games out and, and filming and we've had a lot of talent too and Patty's no exception so um, it's kind of right place right time and you know stick goal we're lucky enough to catch it who are we playing Henry I don't even remember it was VTech it was a good game for a while I think we pulled away from it at the very end but when that one went in I think it was a one or two goal game I'm in the uh this shot in the NHL clip just kind of losing my mind of how uh, how cool that one was and I saw it and I just didn't really believe that like he did it thank God Jay was standing right next to me he was like check this out like I got it because he sits on the benches with us during the games and I watched it probably seven times like on the bench almost wanted to skip a shift to keep watching it it was one of the more insane goals I've seen. It was it was a good one. Henry, you were like the guy where like he turns the camera and like you have your hands and your head on the bench. Yeah, that was me. I like couldn't control my body at that point. It was it was otherworldly. That was the coolest goal I've ever seen. We've had we've had a couple of cool ones, but that one just getting pretty perfectly on film. Wills, what was the group text like the next day when that clip got posted and you guys kept seeing like the accounts that were like posting? I think it was like, we posted it early in the morning. I think after that it was like, uh, hey, Barber was right after. And then hours later, the NHL got a hold of it. Yeah, I know the entire day we're gonna like refreshes on like, oh shoot, Chicklets posted it. Oh, like the NHL requested like the high quality file of it. Like they want to post it. And then there was an article that NHL put out. Um, I think it was like everything short of ESPN Sports Center top 10. So we were waiting for that one to come in. But yeah, I just kept refreshing throughout the day with like, oh, another account put it up. So it's pretty cool. Yeah, you guys definitely got the uh, train started there, which was which was fun. And then I think Howie's was another first one that uh, posted it soon after. We had a game the next day, uh, the next morning at Wake, and we get to the locker room. And I think it was an 11 a.m. start, so we're all we're doing warm-ups. And I'm standing next to Patty during warm-ups, and he goes, dude, look at this. He shows me his phone. He's got like three or four hundred new follow requests just from random people online. It was it was pretty insane. The kid uh the kid definitely got his tires pumped. Maybe a little bit too much for a freshman, but uh I mean we were all kind of loving it. It was it was pretty insane. Oh my gosh. He's a freshman. We didn't even know that part. Jeez. I mean, with a name like Patrick O'Shaughnessy, it's no surprise he's scoring highlight real goals on the ice though. Yeah, O'Shag Hennessy. Back out of the game. No, I mean, that, that was really cool. We actually, we talked about it on the pod a couple episodes ago, but like how cool it is when you have a media department like that. Uh, we kind of m- mentioned like, you know, if that's just a live barn clip, it's probably not getting picked up by Howie's, by Chicklets, by everything college hockey, by, you know, Bleacher Report. Like it's probably just another clip that, that ends up on the internet and not much to it. But because of like Wills mentioned, the investment you guys made on the media side of things, it, it obviously paid off for the program. And I'm assuming there's going to be a couple players down the road who end up playing hockey at UNC because of this video. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the perfect storm in terms of bringing in more talent this year. We've gotten, you know, head and shoulders better than we were last year. And then also to, you know, make that investment in the media team and have Jay in there, right spot, right time to get a sick clip. And it's been like that all season. It was cool for something to just catch. I think we got 40,000 hits on our Instagram, uh, gained a thousand followers, uh, which has been huge for us, especially getting our account claimed at beating it beginning of the year so 
you know, it's pretty sweet. We'll stop pumping his tires for the meantime, because there's a lot more to UNC hockey than maybe the clips on Chicklets will show. But kind of walk us through this year. Like, how's the year been? I know some big wins against NC State. You guys have a, a couple more matchups with them down the road. But what has the first half of the season looked like for you guys so far? The first half of the season, I'd say it was an overall success. We did pretty good. We had some better opponents than we've had historically. Like, we went to Kentucky. Um, they're pretty nasty. We got we got smoked twice in a row, which was tough for the ego. But we had some good wins. We finally started to play on state's level, even probably a little better than them right now. They've always kind of had our number. From what I've heard well before my time, it was kind of you go play state, do your best, lose by four. And this year, it kind of got on the ice with them that opening weekend at state, which was always always a fun game. They bring a lot of fans. And we just kind of took the first four or five shifts, and we looked around the bench, and we were like, boys like we're skating with them like this is different this is a different field this year we had a lot of new guys coming this year uh which was awesome and yeah everyone's playing well looking to uh run the table in 2023 and keep this momentum going yeah i mean i think uh like henry said we really try to invest in our strength of schedule this year um went out to cincinnati to, to start the season and then right back out to kentucky so that was a tough way to start the start the season we started out one and four couldn't really find our uh floating we were missing some some key bodies in Kentucky too, uh, but we kind of started to figure it out later on in the season. Got that win against uh, State the first time we were back in North Carolina, and then the uh, the Governor's Cup was pretty huge. Felt like maybe the first time was a fluke. If I was in their shoes, so I think we kind of proved that we're on their level now. You know, we wanted to stay that way. So but looking down the road, we got two in West Virginia next weekend, and then a, a home and home with State before the ACC tournament. So it's going to be a hot finish for sure. We'll get to kind of down the road in, in a bit here, so I don't want to touch too much on it. But how was that trip to Kentucky? That seems like a place where uh, it's either really fun to play in or it's a house of horrors, depending on the outcome of the game. Yeah, I don't want to, you know, throw excuses out there because they're an incredible team. We uh, we were a little a little man down just with people getting injured right away. Whatever happens, happens. But it was a pretty incredible atmosphere. I mean, they we had two midnight games back to back, and I, I've never played in a midnight game before Kentucky. Their crowd was just like on top of you, screaming down the down the back of your neck. They were uh, pretty rowdy. Each game, we, we got kind of shelled towards the end, but I think the first and second periods was a lot more competitive than the, the scoreboard shows. But yeah, I mean, they're they're a great team. Gave it to us a little bit there, but I think we've only gotten better since that, that first or second weekend of the season. I don't know. Let's see if fate can bring us together again and get a little redemption shot at them. Do you think maybe the tailing off at the end had to do with the fact that you've probably never played a hockey game at two in the morning yeah i mean it's tough on the legs it was weird for sure i mean we practice pretty late we get the you know the 9 15 and finish up at 10 but i mean yeah it's definitely different for sure well let's kind of dive into the, the backstories for the two of you and and maybe how your hockey careers led you to chapel hill henry we'll, we'll start with you talk about where you grew up how you got into hockey and um eventually ended up at chapel hill yeah, 100%. So I'm from Darien, Connecticut, Northeast. Hockey's pretty big over there. It's kind of like the basketball of North Carolina. Just you kind of grow up and see everyone playing hockey. I was lucky enough, my older brother uh, started playing when he was five or six. And so as soon as he got on the ice, I decided I wanted to get on the ice. Then kind of moved from there to like the town youth league on to Mid-Fairfield, which was a blast. Pretty incredible team. Had a lot of fun with the O1s. I mean, there's players 
all over the world right now. I was on Trevor Zegers' team and uh, Spencer Knights. He was a good buddy of mine. And then also a bunch of guys went D1, bunch of guys went D3, bunch of guys played club like me. You don't feel like you're stacking up too well when your teammates are going to the NHL, but that's okay. Then uh, I found myself lucky enough to go to Brunswick, which is a little prep school in Greenwich, Connecticut. Had a blast playing there uh, on the varsity team, sophomore through senior year. And then I was kind of in the typical ACHA, like, standard uh, i was senior year looking at d3 schools seeing if you could go continue playing somewhere see if you wanted to and i was kind of a bubble guy was probably gonna have to go to juniors and uh all of a sudden i got into unc uh they made some sort of mistake and let me in here thank goodness i just googled unc club hockey sure enough there's a team reached out to the coach and he was like yeah like we're playing it's a good time like come check it out so i kind of just showed up unc club hockey and it's it's been so much fun i've turned in from like a uh prototypical second third line guy just kind of chipping away doing the dirty work to more of a uh a playmaker goal scorer getting a lot of minutes it's just it's a blast it was uh it was a great decision and i mean going to a school like unc has all the other perks, and then you also get to play hockey at like a very competitive and high level for what I thought the club hockey would be. It's the best of both worlds. I mean, the Ash is no joke. It's it's a ton of fun. Now, I got to kind of rewind for a little bit. I have a, a handful of guys here at Syracuse, uh, went the prep school hockey route. Uh, I've heard that the Brunswick school is a very tough place to play. You want to kind of talk about the atmosphere playing in the home barn? Yeah, the swamp. No, uh, as it's affectionately coined. It's incredible. There's a few YouTube videos on it. We've had some talented media guys from our high school just do it as a hobby. It's so much fun to play a Friday night game there, like especially the ones against Salisbury or Gunnery or something like that. It's definitely one of the bigger sports at Brunswick, which makes it just all the more fun when the team's good and everyone kind of shows out for a Friday night game. You get four or 500 students in a rink that's a beautiful barn, but not like a stadium. So it's just everyone's just kind of on top of you. It's it's so much fun. I mean, high school hockey was it was a blast in the Northeast. It was pretty legit. It was a great time. Yeah. The swamp of Brunswick. You mentioned a little bit what it's like, uh, you know, mid Fairfield, a really good youth hockey program in New England, you know, routinely making the New England regional final and all that. But playing with guys who you saw go play at, at higher levels, were you kind of trying to avoid the ACHA because maybe the stigma around club hockey? It's an interesting like topic because to go back a second, like Spencer Knight was one of one of my better buddies growing up. He was nice enough to invite me out to like his draft in Vancouver. So, like, you're kind of at this pinnacle of hockey when, like, you're seeing guys, like, not so long ago that were on your team or getting drafted. Kind of like, oh, like, I want to go play college hockey. Everyone seems to be going to play college hockey. Like, I don't want to, like, take a step back, like, per se. But at the end of the day, I mean, you kind of – you don't play hockey because you want to, like, get to the next level always. Like, at some point in high school, I was realistic with myself. Like, even if I was going D3, like not going to the show, like it's not going to be a career path. Like it's not the next 40 years of mine. It's the next four. And so club hockey at that point becomes extremely appealing. I mean, you kind of get back to like falling in love with it and it's less of a job and less of a stress and more of just something I look forward to going to practice twice a week and so excited to play games every weekend. Probably when I was in youth hockey, looking at all those guys going to the NTDP and things like that, I was like, like I want to get to college hockey so bad. It's such a goal of mine. And that's a good thing. I think you want, should want to be the one of the best players you can be, like of yourself, work hard, all that good stuff. But when push came to shove and I had an opportunity to play hockey for four more years, there was no way I was saying no. Yeah, and, and as we'll get to a bit, like University of North Carolina Chapel Hill is not a bad school to attend either. 
no, it's a blast down here. I mean, I've I've had nothing, just the best experience. It's it's pretty unbelievable coming from the Northeast. You come down south, everyone's nice. Weather's warm. Still get to play hockey. It's it's a dream. Well, Wills, why don't you kind of walk us through your hockey career growing up in New York? When did you get into the game and, and start thinking about playing at the college level as well? Yeah, so my uh, I actually grew up, my dad was a uh, D3 football head coach from Alabama, so hockey was never really uh, in the question. But he was a, he was a Navy reservist, deployed to Afghanistan in 2010 and 2011. So there was this like resort that brought us up for free into the Adirondacks in New York State. Got exposed to pond hockey for the first time when I was 11. And as soon as I was out on the ice playing pond hockey, I was hooked was like begged my parents to let me play so I started out playing house um, and then ended up being like a single A double A guy uh, my entire life got to play high school and went to this school called Iona Prep in uh, New Rochelle New York which was an awesome experience I played 18s when I was a freshman at college I was actually commuting to SUNY Maritime down in the Bronx that's one of my my biggest regrets was not playing Acha D3 down there when I was a freshman was looking to transfer schools just because I was commuting kind of ended up down at, at UNC and was like, I want to keep going with hockey and got to skate with the team, like the boys and coach wanted to, you know, keep having me out. So really just stumbled upon it, to be honest. Yeah, it's crazy. People talk about, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit with some of the, the teammates you guys have played with, but you know, everybody's hockey journey is a lot different. You know, everybody likes to joke, everyone, we all end up in beer league anyway. So no matter what level you're playing at, as long as you're playing and having a good time, you know, and you guys know that too, because we put so much work playing in the ACHA. Henry, you kind of you mentioned that a little bit earlier. We'll kind of walk us through your introductions to UNC hockey. Henry, I'll turn it over to you. What was your welcome to the ACHA moment? Yeah, I've, I've got a great one. I mean, like we came as a freshman in 2020, so it was COVID. This season was uh, was canceled, but we still had the ice, which we paid for. So, which was honestly like the biggest thing for me during COVID to get to go to the rink three times a week and skate with the fellas and kind of get a workout in and just meet some guys and have a good time. But I walked in for the first skate, a captain skate in September. They were, we had a, sent out like a little roster of like whose line would be on. So we'd just be doing a scrimmage. I was on a line with this guy, Chris Adamson, who was the captain at the time. He was awesome. And this guy, Zach Nodden. And I was like, oh, like, cool. I'm going to go meet these guys. Get in the locker room. And I'll put my gear on. This guy sits next to me. And he's like, hey, are you Henry? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, oh, cool. Like, I'm Zach. Like, I like the name Henry. I was like, oh, like, awesome. He was like, yeah, like, I'm going to name my son that. He's going to be born in the next four months. And I was like, what? Like, how old are you? Like, who are you? He was an absolute beauty. Will, correct me if I'm wrong, but he uh, was in the Navy for a while and came back to college and was able to join the team. He was uh, on my line. We had a great time just kind of scrimmaging all year. And he was funny, funny guy. I mean, he was definitely the jokes for the team. Kept everything light, kept everything fun. It was a uh, it was a blast to meet him, but yeah, definitely walking the locker room as an eighteen year old. Uh, I met this my best friend of the team that year. He was twenty nine. It was it was pretty funny. It was welcome to welcome to the Acha. Yeah, he's actually uh, he's an army guy. He was uh, enlisted and then was going to school to to become an officer. He's a army. I think he flies Blackhawks now. He's a Blackhawk pilot. Great dude. Uh, yeah, had a son while he was playing Acha hockey, so that's pretty cool. It's uh, definitely a wide wide array of people and skill levels and whatnot. So that's probably the, my favorite part of it too. Yeah. Wills, what was your welcome to the ACHA moment? You mentioned not getting into hockey until later on. Did you know anything about ACHA hockey and, and maybe like the talent level? Um, I mean, I didn't know too much. When my dad was a coach at, uh, at SUNY Maritime, they obviously had the, uh, the ACHA team there still while I was growing up. 
So I actually went out and watched a couple of their games versus like Fordham. And I mean, to me, it was still college hockey. I didn't really think of it as, you know, D1, D3, the ACHA, it was all college hockey to me. So, and you know, I love the game and just wanted to keep playing. So it was never a question as to whether I wanted to play based on, you know, what level it would be. So. Yeah. And so when you got to UNC, did you have a welcome to the ACHA moment that stood out to you based on maybe prior conceptions of the league? You know, coming in, I came in as a transfer when Henry came in as well during COVID. We didn't get to play any games that year, but I think my welcome to the ACHA moment was probably uh, going out to Wilmington and playing them. 10 p.m. start on a on a Friday night. They, they've got a pretty raucous barn there. I mean, it's it's tiny, but they pack a lot of people in there. And I played Catholic school, you know, high school hockey. So, you know, you got the dean over the back of the student section, making sure nobody's saying anything too egregious. Um, and it's a little bit different than going out to Wilmington. I'm pretty sure they allow like full cans of beer there in the uh, in the stands. So everyone's pretty, uh, pretty lit there. So it's a good time. Yeah, I'll add on. I remember that game was one of our first ones last year. It was their Pink the Rink Night, which is a really fun one they do. So we show up and everyone's you know, screaming, yelling, throwing beer at you. Classic, good stuff. And we go out for the the first period. And I've always kind of proud myself on being weird, superstitious kind of guy. I like getting out there first and giving the boys fist bumps on the way out, you know, doing all the weird, funny stuff. And I didn't think anything of it. So I was like, oh, Zam's off. Refs aren't on yet. I'm going to head out just so I'm a little bit of ahead of the boys. So... I can give dish some fish bumps, fist bumps out. And I'm walking out of the uh, locker room and it's not exactly a tunnel, but the people are just kind of out of your way. So I'm standing there before the doors open and I just feel something cold go down my back and I look up and someone's just pouring his beer down my jersey. And I was like, oh, thanks. Like, get me ready for the game. This is a fun one. Thank God we ended up winning that one. But yeah, that was, that was a fun one for uh, one of my first games in college hockey. Wilmington looks like a, a wild place to play. I was actually looking at your record from this year. I believe as it stands right now, uh, you guys have done pretty well against in-state opponents. You've beaten you've beaten State, you've beaten Wilmington, you've beaten ECU, Wake Forest, and High Point. If you had to rank them, like who's who's your favorite top three? Henry, we'll go to you first. Who are the top three opponents you like to play against that are in-state? I think NC State's got to be one just because – They've always had, they always have a great team. It's a fun game to play. Always fast paced, always heavy hitting. Finally, this year getting the better of them. So they're one. UNCW's definitely, definitely two. I mean, I know we went to them last weekend and they brought a bunch of fans again. Uh, when we we definitely had a better team than they did and uh, got a better score. It's a really fun time playing against them. You kind of have a little more time, a little more freedom to do what you want. Um, and the fans are they're not exactly like hockey savants, so they don't. They're not cheering for a four check or a block shot. Like if someone falls over, everyone goes nuts. It's just kind of a funny place to play. I'd say last, the third, not last, I think third, probably Wake. I think Wake's a fun one just because they think they've got a pretty good team. I've, I've had a couple of buddies from the Northeast go to Wake and get to play them. It's always fun knowing a few guys when you're playing against them. Wills, are you taking the same order or would you change anything? Actually, this is a really hot take, but I love I love playing at Wilmington. Probably my favorite place to play in college hockey. Uh, Lexington was pretty cool too, but I definitely say Wilmington's pretty uh, pretty fun. I mean, it's just like a tiny, dingy barn, and it always gets raucous. And then definitely State, especially at PNC, but also they've got a good thing going on. I haven't actually played at home against State yet, which we're playing them on on February fourth at home, so that should be cool. I toss uh, High Point in there instead of Wake. Last year we played at them, and they had a guy with. Uh, an electric guitar play the national anthem uh and it was horrendous you know i don't want to throw too much of a shot there but uh it was pretty hilarious and yeah, i don't know just a funny place to play it was kind of an acha moment so 
Yeah, it's crazy. I, I don't think people from the Northeast realize that passionate fan bases down in the South, how close some of these schools are together. And, and it's crazy to think that they mo- almost all of them have hockey teams. Let's talk a little bit about last year. You guys mentioned coming in during COVID and, and getting to skate a little bit with the team. But what was that transition period like at the start of last season when you were finally getting the games going and, and things are getting back to normal? It was definitely interesting because it'd been finished uh... – senior year of high school had the season in roughly march then took an entire year off and then of games at least and then uh we show up in september get to play the first game we were all so excited but you kind of forget how physical the game can be when you scrimmage against yourselves for an entire year and especially like a league like the acha where everyone's uh pretty juiced up to be on the ice and some people are just kind of looking for a monster hit i wasn't exactly uh attuned to that in my first game in the in the action and definitely got my bell wrong once or twice in that first one the pace of play i was not expecting it to be as fast as it was people are making the smart play all the time quick passes there's a lot of skill on every team i mean at least the first or second line definitely have guys that can make anyone look like a fool which is fun much more fun than i anticipated i was expecting like a 11 to 9 just shoot out so you can score more and it was it was like a 3-1 game just grinding it out battling it out uh but it was a fun one definitely fun to play I think for me, my favorite part of last year, just getting back into the swing of things, obviously playing games again for the first time in a while since we were not playing during COVID, but also the team was just so much closer when we were playing games and taking road trips together as opposed to, you know, just skating twice a week during COVID. Um, so the team really melded together well, which was kind of, I think, the main difference between COVID and last year, getting back into the swing of things with games. What's uh, like the perception of hockey on campus? Like when you guys were getting there, was there a buzz around tryouts? Or were you guys kind of like asking around to see who had played high school hockey do people know there's a hockey team on campus when you first got there what were your kind of your your first thoughts on unc hockey yeah i think it's definitely different now than when we first got there for wills and i i mean when i when i first we got we first got there a tryout training camp period but all 21 guys that showed up made the team there was no real uh kind of hype around the hockey team around campus there was no no gear, no marketing, no anything really. It's just kind of guys love to play hockey, so they played hockey. And I think our leadership, Wills in particular, and other guys that there's too many to shout out, have done a great job kind of turning it into like a more uh, known thing on campus. I mean, our, our social media team does a great job. Jay's a huge part of that. And just guys being dudes, like going out and talking about hockey. When I got to campus and like was on the hockey team, I'd be with buddies and be like, ah, oh, like I'll see you guys later. I got to go to practice. And they're like, you're going to hockey? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, how's the hockey team? I was like, dude, we're good. Like, come watch us. And then they'd come watch a game. And everyone that's come to watch a game has fallen in love with it. And slowly that's had a, a, a pretty big trickle-down effect. I think when we opened uh, 2023 with our first home game, it was with almost no, like, marketing or recruiting trying to build up hype for the game. We had 200 fans there. Um, so it's definitely picking up some steam. And it's way bigger than it was uh, when, we, when we both caught on campus. The biggest thing in terms of getting the publicity out there, obviously this thing with Patty, the goal getting the goal heard around the world. Beating State at PNC was really the, the big turning point point for us on campus. I mean, that was the first time that I'd ever heard, you know, just in passing people on the campus talking about the team uh, and talking about our win. You know, I walked past like a, a group of four people that were like, oh, were you at like PNC last night for the game? Um, so that was really cool. And then we also like there's a UNC hockey sweatshirt now in the uh, in the student store. So that's pretty cool. So kind of we've been moving in that direction and hopefully we keep the ball rolling. But I think PNC was really the big turning point. Like Henry said, our first game of uh, 2023 at home 
had a lot more people than we've ever had at a home game. So for us too, that was a kind of a big turning point. We we like to try to cover as many teams as we can. I mean, you guys know more than anyone else, but state has been doing a tremendous job with their program the last couple of years. And I think with you guys being rivals, it maybe felt like you guys were kind of in the shadows for a little bit. And now I'd like you talk about how big that win at PNC was because you guys had beaten them earlier in the year. And it was kind of like a, oh, like maybe just a hiccup in the road for state. And then to follow that up with your performance at the Governor's Cup. I mean, walk us through that game. What is that like playing in that atmosphere? Because it seems like every year there's more and more people in that lower bowl. I I would not be surprised if down the road there's a sellout at PNC for how much uh, attention this game gets. It's the most people I've played hockey in front of in my entire life. It's it's pretty unbelievable. Pretty much close to pack the lower bowl. State's got a great program and it's right in their backyard. So they get they bring a majority of fans out for sure. But we got a solid number of uh, people wearing Carolina blue in there this year. And it's just, it's an electric atmosphere. You kind of get on that bigger sheet of ice. You're looking around, people are everywhere. It's pretty unbelievable and surreal uh, when you just kind of look around and you're like, well, not playing in the uh, OC Sportsplex right now. Like, this is an NHL rink. Let's go to work. And we definitely wanted to win more than anything. I mean, the first game was exactly like you said. People were just kind of wrote us off as a, a lucky win, like, Early in the season, doesn't matter. We'll see what happens. And then we got uh, faced with a couple of slew of losses against Kentucky. We lost to Cincinnati one in one, and we lost to Denison. And we're throwing the greatest string of uh, results up on the board. And then we dropped pretty heavily in the rankings. And we, we just knew that we had a good team, and it was all going to turn around. And State was definitely a way to make a statement, especially in that PNC game with uh, a lot of the Carolina community out to watch us. Definitely a good one. Yeah, I mean, I think from my point of view, you know, I definitely kind of had a pit in my stomach in the locker room before the game, just thinking, you know, we've really got to win this one. Um, you know, State's kind of like, it's almost like they've been big brother for a while. They've set a really high bar. They've got, a, you know, a great program, a great rink set up. Their social media team's great. And so we want to, you know, we want to catch up to those guys and meet that standard that they've set and, and pass it. So winning that game was really big. You know, and I was I was really nervous that I knew we had the team to get it done. I just wanted to get it done, and we did. The year prior to, they had, you know, it was pretty much all state fans at that game. Uh, you know, and this year we brought out the band, uh, and there was a lot more people, you know, sitting behind our bench and behind our, our goal. So, you know, I can definitely see it shifting. And this was also the first year they sold the, the entire bottom bowl. You know, in the past, they had only sold like 8 of 12 sections. So, you know, hopefully next year I think we should have a pretty good shot at know, packing the entire bottom bowl and getting the sellout. Yeah, it was really cool to see. Uh, my favorite part about the clip is when, you know, the buzzer goes off and, and you guys just hug everyone hugging each other and guys, you know, hugging each other before they even get to the pile. And um, it reminded me too when like a team wins the cup and like the, the fans and the families kind of get close to the glass because you look at the glass behind you guys celebrating and it was all Carolina blue. Uh, like you mentioned, I mean, it's right in state's backyard, but that must have been a pretty cool feeling seeing everybody behind you guys celebrating the win too. Yeah, I mean, we had the the band play the alma mater, so we got to sing that. It was just like a really, it was a really cool moment. Probably the biggest, my favorite moment of my college hockey career thus far. It was pretty surreal. Definitely a lot of chatter before the game, stuff on the board. Just uh, their coach said some things about how it was uh, whatever. We knew we had to get out there and kind of make a statement. And when we did, it was kind of like, all right, like we're toe to toe with you guys now. Like 
let's go. Like the next 10 years are up for grabs. Like this is definitely a statement game. And then we won it and I just kind of, I kind of lost it. It was, it was a fun one. Definitely fun to win. Everyone's just kind of really enjoying hoisting that, uh, that trophy. It was fun to skate around with that. Go on the ice for a while. Like it was some sort of playoff because it, it was, I, I don't want to put anyone else down, but it, I feel like in North Carolina, it's really us and state as the top two hockey teams in the state and kind of just beating them in the governor's cup is just kind of saying like, yeah, for at least for 2022's sake, we, we own this state. Um, so that was, that was definitely fun. Yeah. I got a, uh, a, a friend of mine who's from Raleigh originally and played with him at, at Syracuse Ford hatchet. But, uh, he always used to say like, you could go, you know, the football team could go, Oh, and nine, but as long as you beat Carolina, it's a win. And I'm sure it's the same way for you guys when it, when it comes to that too, as long as you beat state, it's, it's a win. Now you, th- I mean, the nice part is we'll, we'll get to it in a little bit, but you're going to get to play them three more times now with the new addition playing outdoors at Carter Finley. <laughs> You've already played one game in their backyard at PNC what is that going to be like and and how excited are you guys to play an outdoor game with the NHL bringing the stadium series to Raleigh yeah I mean I think we've uh we've been waiting for it to get confirmed for a while and we were excited to have it uh officially become a thing by the time we got on the pod it's gonna be really cool I know everyone's super excited especially kind of with our uh social media hitting a boon I think that'll help a lot with advertisement um we've got some new uh some some alternate unis on the way uh, for that game, so that'll be pretty sweet. We'll have the uniform reveal for those hopefully coming soon. It should be uh, should be really cool. Outdoors is always fun, so we're definitely excited. Yeah, I forget where we were, but we were uh, on a bus ride back last year when they announced the stadium series and they announced that the Canes were going to be hosting it. Noah Friedman leans over to me. He's the current vice president of the team, and he leans over and he's like, dude, we got to do this. I was like, how do we even get in touch with the NHL. How do we get our names on this? On this, uh, like, How do we do this? The leadership team did a great job. I mean, coach helped a ton. The leadership team did a great job. They basically approved us, but didn't confirm it and just kind of left us in limbo for the longest time. And then we finally got approved like last week, play outdoors. Uh, I mean, anytime you can play outdoor hockey, it's a win. So, I mean, I think the entire team is just stoked to play. It's going to be a fun one. You mentioned uh, maybe some new jerseys for that game. Carolina Blues, it's tough to beat those. There's not a better looking team in all of college hockey. I'm curious, when you guys, like, when people ask and and you show them pictures of the uniforms, are people, like, blown away by by the jerseys? Yeah, everyone loves the jerseys. I think we won the the official ACHA D2 uh, jersey competition on on Twitter this past year, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, everyone's looking to get them. It takes forever to get them in production, unfortunately. But, you know, we're trying to sell the bookstore on them right now, um, you know, and hopefully they'll become a little bit more widely available. But they're they're definitely sweet. Um, We get so many, like, Instagram and Twitter DMs, like, hey, how can I get a jersey? Yeah, they're pretty sweet. Yeah, I, I see him around campus every once in a while. Like at a basketball game or a football game, I'm just kind of in the stands looking around and you see someone dancing with UNC club ice hockey jersey on and you just kind of laugh to yourself and you're like, yep, best unis in the game. Like Carolina Blue, hard to beat it. There's a couple guys that I, I want to give shout outs to uh, before we kind of start to wrap things up. But the first one, I, I think definitely deserving, uh, your goalie. Tell us about Joel Hughes. Uh, when you guys first met him and kind of his backstory to the ACHA. Yeah, Joel Hughes uh, came out and stated with us at a practice last year. Coach was like, yeah, we've got this goaltender. He's uh, he's coming over from Fort Bragg. 
Uh, he's in the army right now. He's getting out and he wants to come to Carolina and play club hockey. And so to have this like 6'4", 270 pound goaltender come out on the ice, it was like, holy moly, this guy doesn't even have to move. He was like, he was a really cool guy in the locker room. Uh, and then when we heard we uh, that he got accept, accepted to school, we got pretty excited. Uh, actually, one of my kind of favorite memories from Carolina hockey is he ran like a boot camp for us prior to the season, like a team bonding uh thing we uh we had a big pile of sand and we filled it with sandbags and ran it across campus uh and then we did like you know buddy carries we were carrying each other around relay race conditioning test carrying big jugs of water military style he's just such a cool dude uh you know listen to that guy's stories on the bus about his military career he's just such a quality guy and it's always hilarious having you know other teams chirp him for being like 39 when you know they can only put three in on him so he's a great guy and a great addition to our program Good goaltender, too. I like her the same sentiment. He's a beauty. I don't know if the uh, military boot camp was a favorite memory of mine. I mean, that was a rude 8 a.m. wake up, uh, try and get out in the August heat in North Carolina, run around feeling stand up. But it was definitely good for the boys. He's just he's an awesome guy and he fits right in right well in with the boys. He's 39, obviously, is the elephant in the room. Uh, and it's just kind of funny. But you don't even notice it most of the time. When we noticed it, we were on the bus ride back from Kentucky and we finished the game, whatever, got shelled. Boys were a little bit dejected for a bit. We decided to do rookie karaoke for this uh, road trip. Still needed a few rookies to get in. And so these two freshmen go and they kill it. Had a great, had a great rendition. And then Joel stands up and we're like, oh, like, we didn't know you were going to be doing it, Joel. Like, yeah, you're a rookie, but I mean, you're the oldest guy in the room here. Um, and he had a incredible rendition of some song some song none of us had ever heard of and we all were just laughing about it he was he fits right in well with the boys and it's just fun to have him on the team and yeah it's funny to hear the chirps that he gets over most games and so correct me if I'm wrong but he was a green beret in the army yeah he's a green beret sniper so it's actually nicknamed the uh the butcher so yeah he's a bit of a scary dude but real sweetheart He's got a heck of a setup, too. I mean, talking about how good-looking those jerseys are, I don't think there's a better-looking goalie in the Acha than him. Oh, those pads are so sweet. Yeah, those pads came in here, showed them off. They're, they're, they're pretty unbelievable. He's got them all customized, and he's got a little army hookup, which is, which is pretty cool. The Butcher, uh, it, it is funny when people, uh, people are giving, just chirping him about hockey, and you're like, hey, man, don't, don't get him too mad. It's a quick road down for you. I mean, he's, he's going to be okay, I promise. It's just funny. Let's kind of give your, your coach a shout out, Jeff Volkman. He got his 100th win with the program the other day. Talk about the, the culture that he's helped build at UNC Hockey. Volks is the best. He just like loves it so much and like just kind of love for the game and love for the team is so infectious and everyone kind of just rallies around it. And he's he's coming out here. He's, he's putting in like his own time that he definitely does not need to be doing, but he's kind of just so for the boys that he like loves to do it and to see him get his 100th win and he's been talking about it uh to our leadership he's pulls aside every once in a while and he's like hey we've got something here like not every year is carolina has carolina hockey been a a super competitive team and this year we've got some incredible talents we got a d1 transfer which is pretty fun and perry and we've got joel and nat we've got some really strong rookies and some really strong vets and we've definitely got a shot to kind of make a run this year um and he's just so happy to be on the on the on at the head of it and we're so happy to have him because he uh yeah he kind of he just loves it and he's he's the biggest beauty of us all yeah i think uh the one thing about coach that's really special is he's just really good at bringing together so many different skill levels of guys. Like, you know, Henry mentioned, we have a NCAA division one transfer. We've got a 39 year old goalie, 30 year old forward. We've 18 year old freshman, and he's kind of able to bring that group together and meld us all together into this team that's competitive and that's winning games and has a real shot to 
to, you know, make a run at regionals and hopefully into nationals. That's all a credit to coach. And it's not a surprise that he's won as many games as he has. He's a, you know, he's a great hockey coach and he's, he's an even better dude. So we're thankful for him. I'm lo- a lot at a loss for words here. I, you guys beat me in my own research division one transfer. I, I, I missed this part. I mean, you would have thought if the, there was a clip going live on spit and chicklets of UNC hockey, that it would have been this guy. No, this is, this is our boy, Perry Winfrey. He's hysterical. I mean, a great player, bigger beauty. He was, uh, yeah, he went to Maine for three years, was on their team. He's from North Carolina, played hockey all over before there. And then just kind of his senior year, wanted to come experience UNC. And I think he re- when he transferred, he became a junior again. So I think we're going to get him for next year, which is even better. He's a defenseman. He's so skilled in the puck. He's such a beast. Just kind of, he kind of run the game from the back. Um, he doesn't, uh, doesn't not as on the score sheet as much as someone like Patty or Kosowski, just, just by the nature of him being a defenseman. But he just kind of quietly bosses the game from the back. He's, uh, he's a pretty unbelievable talent to have in club hockey. Yeah, it's fun. What kind of uh, experiences he provide the locker room just playing at a competitive level like that kind of shifting, uh, not as competitive, but still guys who appreciate and love the game of hockey like you guys do. He's such a good, uh, you know, calm voice on the bench. I think that's the biggest thing uh, I noticed about him. Actually, uh, I you know, I fractured my ankle a little bit earlier this year. Uh, and so I was watching from the bench our first game against State uh, and Henry missed a guy tracking on the back check and they scored on us and I was you know, I was pretty heated. Might have yelled at him a little bit. I don't know if you heard Henry, um, but Perry was like, hey, none of that. Like, let's lock in. We're going to get that one back. And so he's just like such a calm dude. So positive. I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect with him coming on, but he's such a good dude. Never tears anyone down. He's always building the boys up. Like, you know, I got torched against VT for the game winner and he just, you know, gave me a pat on the butt and was like, hey, man, you know, like shake it off happens to the best of us. So he's just a really good dude. Yeah, thanks for throwing me under the bus there, Wills. But uh, yeah, he's incredible with development too, with some of our younger guys getting used to the pace of play of college because some people might have had more skill uh, or whatever in their high school careers. But you get to the college, you're playing with just older, bigger, stronger, faster guys. You kind of got to make decisions at a, a little bit of faster clip. Um, and he's huge for that. Just kind of simplifying the game, talking to our guys, incredible leader, slotted right, slotted in pretty, uh, pretty seamlessly right away. And he's been a big part of our team. He's out right now with a, with a bum wrist, but he'll be back. I'm sure pretty soon. I mean, speaking of jerseys, he went from one of the best looking jerseys in college hockey at, at hockey East with you Maine and the, the Navy and powder blue, right, right down to uh, the Carolina blue. Yeah. Couldn't get away from the blue. He, I think he still wears his old Maine gloves cause he's gotten so used to them even though he has his Carolina ones, and I don't think anyone can really tell. It's funny. We'll start to wrap things up here. I want to give you each the chance to kind of give your recruiting pitch to, to UNC because I think you guys coming on the pod is, is a really good opportunity. You mentioned that this program is trending in the right direction, and if someone who listening to this wanted to kind of get the spark notes on why they should play hockey at Carolina, what would you tell them? We'll start with you, Wills. Yeah, I mean, I think the recruiting pitch from for Carolina is really everything outside of the hockey program. You know, you get to come here and play hockey, but we have one of the top business schools in the nation, one of the top med school programs in the nation. Chapel Hill is just an unreal college town. You know, our football team is pretty sweet. Basketball team, Final Four last year is insane. Uh, The campus is just great. I think everything outside of hockey and just the fact that you get to combine top academics in the nation and such a good, you know, group of guys in campus community with the fact that, you know, you can continue playing on hockey here, so. Yeah, I mean... 
definitely not wrong there, but I'll lean more towards the boys. I mean, it's a pretty, it's a pretty fun group. Uh, it's a pretty diverse group, which makes it even more fun. And something about Carolina, I mean, this school just cares more about their sports than other schools do. D1 school, and we have all those sports, but we're picking up a little momentum here, and people on campus are starting to notice. And I don't know, you wear you wear a hockey sweatshirt around, and people are stopping to ask if you're on the team. And I don't know about you, Wills, but there's been there's been little kids, uh, like youth youth players, that come to a bunch of our games and. I don't know if, if I'm just kind of ruining their merchandise or what, but like signing autographs as a club hockey player is always always a fun time. And yeah, everything that goes along with being Carolina and then you throw on a great club hockey team, it's it's a pretty ideal mix. I would say if you're thinking about it and uh, you're lucky enough to get into Carolina, don't don't think twice. Come on over. It's a blast. Awesome. Well, hey, thank you guys so much. Uh, wishing you the best of luck the rest of the way. Uh, our producer, David Herman, he's actually going to make the trip down. I believe he just booked his flight. Uh, to catch the game at Carter Finley. So I'm sure that's going to be a blast and looking forward to following you guys the rest of the way this season. Yeah, we really appreciate uh, you guys having us on and we're excited to see uh, David make it down to the uh, Winter Classic game. That's going to be pretty sweet. We saw that on the Instagram story today. So Yeah, unreal. Big, big thank you. This was good. This was fun. Special thanks to Foster and Wills for joining the show. Um, always good to catch up with some new new faces and learn the ins and outs of a team like UNC, who's definitely on the rise. One team that is surely on the rise is the Adrian College Bulldogs in the first blowout of the week, the ACHA Burgers blowout of the week. I think this was one that nobody saw coming. It was on our game of the week. Adrian defeats Stony Brook by a score of 15 to nothing. When I saw this on Saturday, I mean, we were, we were at the bar. People on my team could not believe it. Stony Brook is one of the better teams on the East Coast. And for Adrian to do that to them was just shocking. And I know it looked like Stony Brook might have been a little shorthanded. Goalie Matvey Kozakov got pulled, I think, after the end of the first period. Just utter domination from the Bulldogs. And they've kind of had their way at home, certainly. And I think, you know, speaking with uh, Alex Herman, Herm's younger brother, uh, who was on the play-by-play for the call, it just seemed like the Bulldogs really wanted to get back at Stony Brook for you know the sweep last year when Stony Brook traveled out to Adrian and got a sweep over them. So, I mean, 15 to nothing. Collins, what were your first thoughts when you saw that score? Absolutely blown away. I was I was on the bus back from Indiana. Needless to say, I was shocked. Between like the top 30 to the top, yeah, top 20-ish, I feel like the gap is not that big, but I did not expect them to get blown out. Not just blown out, but absolutely demolished. Yeah, more impressive than that, though, was that, I mean, Stony Brook had a two-goal lead the next day. Yeah. Adrian ends up coming back and winning four to three in overtime a tale of two days for for stony brook i mean they must have just hit reset when they got back to the hotel and they were able to get a point out of it but adrian gets the sweep over the seawolves and acha men's two wisconsin euclair beat bethel 17 to one in men's division three action michigan state had a 10 nothing win over western michigan in women's action gcu beat air force by a score of 15 to nothing and then women's d2 navy beat Georgetown by a final score of 8-0. And CHF, blowout of the week, South Carolina 16, Duke 2. That brings us to the games to watch this week, and we have plenty of them. We'll kick things off Friday night in CHF action. Quinnipiac is taking on Babson, uh, two of the top-ranked teams in the CHF, teams that made deep runs uh, in the national tournament last year. Friday night in men's Division Two ACHA action. we got a couple games on the slate. Ohio State takes on Michigan. 
a huge rivalry. These two schools do not like each other, especially on the football field. They'll take it on the ice in ACHA action this week. We also have another big rivalry that you, you've seen on the football field. Texas taking on Texas A&M. That one should be a fun one. And then you, Mary, taking on Montana State University at the Jones Center. In men's three action, Grand Valley State taking on Saginaw Valley State, two teams that are red hot right now, colliding with one another at Griff's. And then we also have Arkansas Missouri State, two teams that lost to GVSU this past week, taking on each other, looking for a rebound. And then on Saturday in the CHF, Clemson and South Carolina are going to go toe-to-toe. This one is at the Bond Secours Wellness Arena. The last time these two teams met on this stage, I think we had that brawl, which is the famous call, a brawl in a charity game. This one should be a good one. I think you normally, when you're used to seeing this rivalry, it's at the Plex and they got the $2 beers and the crowd is going, but should be a different environment when these two teams meet in a bigger arena like this in Greenville. Also have on Sunday some women's action. Adrian College taken on University of Michigan at Yost Ice Arena. Some honorable mentions this week. Adrian College taking on Calvin. Adrian looking to say red hot right now. Big matchup with implications for the playoffs and the number one seed going into this one in the Great Lakes Conference. Liberty University's women's team taking on Minot State in Division One action at La Haye. Lawrence Tech and Indiana Tech meet each other. Two NAIA schools going head-to-head in the top 20 rankings. We also have Midland taking on McKendry. McKendry women's team looking to continue the momentum after a win against Liberty last weekend against Midland. In Division II action, Kentucky hosts Ohio University. It's senior night at the Lex. In men's Division Three action, Purdue University taking on Kent State University. Purdue is a wagon this year. Herm's really rocking with the Kent State guys, so they get a shout-out here. And then on Friday night, Gasparilla, University of Tampa, taking on University of Florida in CHF action at the Clearwater Ice Arena. That brings us to the one and only game of the week. Uh, These two teams will face off on Friday, but we're going to highlight the game on Saturday at the Heritage Bank Center in downtown Cincinnati. It's Xavier taking on the University of Cincinnati. Really looking forward to this one. Collins, who are you going with? I think it's kind of obvious for me as Someone who goes to a Big East school, I'm rooting against Xavier, hoping for a Cincinnati sweep, but hopefully we get a we get a good showing. Um, there's just nothing better than watching good hockey. Doesn't matter who wins. It's going to be a good one. Herm's taking Cincinnati as well. Uh, these two teams share the same home rank. That's where they'll face off on Friday night, but the Crosstown face off going down at the home of the Cincinnati Cyclones, the Heritage Bank Center. I'm going to ride with Cincinnati too. Picking with the heart here. Those guys were fun to have on the pod a couple weeks ago, Biebs and Zim, so... Want to give them the best of luck. And I know their programs worked really hard the last couple months to prepare for this event and want to wish them the best of luck. But at the end of the day, rooting for some good hockey, and I'm sure there will be some when Xavier and Cincinnati get on the ice with each other. Brings us to the question of the week. Collins, I want to know, we've had some discussions on this. I think maybe part of the pod off the air, but what's your go-to pregame meal? I'm a big keep it simple guy. Pasta and chicken seems to be what works the best for me. I don't use normal pasta. I use the, like, I don't know if you've heard of, like, the Bonza, like, chickpea pasta. I know, higher in protein. Pretty solid stuff. Trader maybe. Joe's is good if you want some of that stuff, right? Yeah, and then I'll maybe throw in some either, like, chicken cutlets or chicken tenders, depending on how much time I have, and then uh, throw some pasta sauce on it, maybe a little bit of Parmesan cheese, and, yeah, you're set to go. Love it. We had, like, the the takeout Chipotle catered to our hotel the other day when we played Drexel. That was phenomenal. Really good pregame meal, especially because... I think if you go to Chipotle before a meal, that might be like too much. But when you could kind of, you know, give yourself the portions, that was good. I'm a huge chicken parm guy, but I think you kind of draw. You have to walk a thin line with chicken parm if you don't want to eat it too close to game time or else it kind of sits in your stomach when you're on the bench. Um, if you get it enough in you and you get a good warm up in, I think it's usually a pretty good te- 
pregame meal. Yeah, agree. I feel like when you're on a road trip and you're eating at like an Olive Garden or Carabas or Ruby Tuesdays or whatever. And that kind of wraps up the show for the week. We'll, we'll start picking up the pucks. Collins, any last minute thoughts uh, on the week and anything that's on your mind uh, before we, we head out? The Villanova Ice Hockey Seniors this Saturday is against George Mason is senior night. So uh, shout out Justin Cacciatore, Max Williams, and uh, Andres Falcon. There we go. Love it. Wanted to give a, a shout out to Jim Sorosi of the Syracuse Crunch. They were phenomenal hosts this past week. We got a shout out at the game later that night. Sold out crowd uh, as they, you know, fell to the Utica Comets in overtime. Make sure to include that for Herm. But, you know, they like it was kind of like the Mighty Ducks, you know, seeing the Mighty Ducks where they're like, welcome to tonight's game, like the Mighty Ducks, like Gordon Bombay and the Mighty Ducks, and they show them on the Jumbotron, except they gave us a shout out and they put up the graphic uh, of all of us, which was really cool to see. And Jim Sorosi is a stand-up guy in the AHL and a terrific hockey person too. Gave us all the time of day, which was really cool. And we, we were in his facility for the day, which was awesome. So I want to make sure to give him a shout out. But that wraps it up for the week. Once again, thank you guys for listening. Be sure to tag us on all the social channels this weekend uh, with all the news updates and highlights you have at Hockey House Pod, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And we'll see everyone next week. See you, Merv.